turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself, inspired by the vision he has for you. Sometimes we get stuck on our journey. We know something needs to change, but we don't know what or how. The question we must ask ourselves is, how do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, Dr. Derek Greer has developed an assessment tool to reveal where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will identify the barriers keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of Dr. Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. To get started, visit CanILiveBig.com today. You were made to think big, to big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message. You're not going to be able to be a successful leader if you're too touchy. You have to be able to deal with objections, particularly honest ones. Saul's asking an honest question. Listen, Goliath has been a champion. You're 16 years old. Goliath's been the heavyweight champion for 16 years. Come come on, guy. You've never fought a battle like this. You're not ready for it. But but we need to watch David's response. He doesn't get an attitude. How come you don't believe in me? What's wrong with you? Where is he? No, 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 no. He answers him respectfully, and he deals with the situation. Don't be so touchy. Everyone's not always going to get you. Get over it. Are you hearing me? But David said to Saul, here's his response, didn't get an attitude. He simply gave an answer for the hope that was within him. That's what 1 Peter 3 and 15, he says this. I'm going to go and start a new kingdom. No. I'm going to go and start a new church. No. Your servant, servant leadership, he answered respectfully and humbly. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Listen, king, when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and what? Bear, Mr. King, I'm not just bringing attitude. I have a resume. I have a history. Are you hearing me? An attitude will get you some places, but it will only get you so far. At some point, you need a track record. And what the Lord did for me there, he will do for me here. I'll speak things that are not as though they were. Are you hearing me? This was the approach of David. 
our small successes are really building blocks for our ultimate calling. So we need to go over, you know, where the Lord's brought us from and the things he's done and build ourselves up on our faith, not just focusing on the places where, you know, things didn't go right. But David said, you know what, there were some issues and some times where things didn't go just as planned, but, but I remember the lion and the bear. And Mr. King, I, I, I have a track record of success here. He says, this uncircumcised Philistine, what God's done in the past, he will do now will be like one of them, speaking of the lion and the bear. Because I think I'm bad, no. Because he has not just defied you and I, he's defied the armies of the living God. Everyone else saw a a giant defying an army, but David had the discernment to see that Goliath was really picking a fight with the almighty God. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion, do you see his faith? But watch David, what is he doing? He's encouraging himself in the Lord. Remember when he was at Ziklag and all the men were speaking of stoning him? I mean, they had captured the wives, the women, and all their supplies. And all they were doing was, was doing the Lord's work and, and fighting God's battle. So they thought, and they came back, and everything in their houses was gone and destroyed. And the, the men got angry, and they got mad at their leader, and they were going to kill him. And, but, but David, the Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. What did he do? He started reminiscing. Listen, you remember, God, what you did with the lion and the bear? I remember what you did with Goliath. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he began to stir himself. And as he stirred himself, his faith arose. And before long, he, call, he called for the ephod. And then he, he inquired of the Lord, the Bible said. And he said, God, shall we pursue and conquer? And the ephod said, yes. And he said, man, we will charge. We will go ahead and we will take back everything that has been stolen. But listen, it wouldn't have happened unless David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's no one on David's team at this point. He's a 16-year-old boy. No one believes in him. No one even knows of him. But he believes in the God in him. And because of that, this narrative is in our book. He said, the Lord who rescued me, snatched me out of drugs, snatched me out of crazy lifestyles, snatched me out of materialism, snatched me out of uh, 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 all types of isms. I go on. But that God who dealt with the anger in my heart, the rage in my heart, that, that God who, who, who brought peace and calm in the midst of Christ, that God will rescue me likewise from the hand of this Philistine. What he's done before, he will do again. Saul recognized the hand of God. But also Saul's a little trickster. Saul very well, you know, he's about to have David try his armor on. His motivation may have been, you know, if David wears my armor and they kill David, they think they kill me, and then I could go run and hide. And I won't have to deal with anyone looking for me. But in verse 38, Scripture says, Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. And David is a servant leader. He's trying to be obedient here. And he kind of goes on. He goes with this. And he fastens on his sword over his tunic. And and he tried. He, He gave it a good shot. He's like, you know. King, I want to honor you. I'll give this a try. You know, I'll take it for, for the team here. And he tried walking around, but implied in the, in the text here, he really couldn't and he wasn't doing a good job at it because he wasn't used to it or he wasn't trained in that way or for that type of equipment yet. So he speaks up. He tries, though. He says, Mr. King, I'm not trying to be rebellious. I'm not trying to be stubborn, but uh, 
Sir, I can't go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not I'm not used to them. Dude, this may have worked for you, but 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 it will not necessarily work for me. So he took them off and and he's saying, King, I love you, but I got to do me. You do you. I'll do me. And, and, And King, listen, I don't have a history with this. I don't have a track record with this. I know that, you know, uh, uh, you know, conventional wisdom says this type of dress will do better. But my history with God is a little bit different. And everybody does things a little bit differently. And you need to be okay with that. Amen. So David returns to his pastoral office. He's a shepherd. He said, you know what? I'm not ready to be king yet. And he wasn't. He took his staff in his hand. Again, I'm not going to try to be a king. I'm going to continue to be a pastor. And I'm going to use the implements that the Lord's given me. And I will use the things the Lord's proven in my life and advance. And he goes to the brook and he chooses five smooth stones from the stream. Five is, uh, theologians call it the number of grace. And grace is really what caused him to win here. And these stones were not little rocks. They were stones the size of, of a man's fist. And he put them in, in a pouch of a shepherd's bag. Now here you have, uh, again, a contrast. Great warriors scared to fight Goliath. No one volunteered to fight Goliath. But here you have this little shepherd boy. He doesn't even have warrior's clothing or uniform. He hasn't been trained in warfare. But the thing he's trained in, he is good at. God has made him an expert at what he does. You have to learn to stay in your lane. Do what you do. And do that. Well, he put it into his his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand. Now, all a sling is, is uh, simply a pocket of leather with two strings attached to it. And he took his sling and he began to swing it over his head. Watch David as he approached the Philistine. If I was a few years younger, I would say David had swag. <laughs> All these trained warriors are shaking. But here, this little shepherd boy is not just forced to fight. He approaches the giant. David walked with a lean. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> and you need to get to know God well enough. That spiritually, when the devil sees you come and you walk just like Jesus, and there was a lean to his walk. I know you don't see that in the scripture. But as far as I'm concerned, Jesus had a, a lean. And that edge, I've learned to pick up. I pray my children pick up. Are you hearing? It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. So David, he has a little little something going on in his heart. And he begins to approach a man almost twice his size. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer is facing two people, one David. They kept coming closer to David. Again, that song, trouble in my way. You got to cry sometimes. Trouble in my way. Mm-hmm. You've got to cry sometimes. But, but the end of this is, 
I know that Jesus will fix it. I know that Jesus will fix it. David knew that Jesus will fix it. I know my Jesus will fix it. In the midst of it, walking toward Goliath, I know my Jesus will fix it. You hear me? The trouble comes your way. Even if they're teasing you, don't worry about that. Keep your lean. I know my Jesus will fix it. I know my Jesus will fix it. I know my Jesus will fix it. You hear what I'm saying? I know my Jesus will fix it. I know my Jesus will fix it. I'm stuck there. I know my Jesus will fix it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 42. He looked David over and he saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him. Goliath, as a warrior, could get no glory from killing a child. So he balks at this. He says to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? I'll break you like an ice cream pop is really what he's saying. There. But then the Philistine makes a mistake. The Philistine curses David by his gods. He made the mistake of getting spiritual. Now the contest is clearly not between two men, but a demon and God. Are you hearing me? So now everyone is saying that the battle is is deep here. Come here, the Philistine says, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Now the the, the, the Goliath is frothing. He's beginning to prophesy for his demons. David said... He began to quake. He got afraid and ran. No, he spoke back to the devil. The devil trying to sow? The devil saying so? What does the word of God say? Jesus was confronted with the devil in the wilderness. And the devil actually started talking to him, conversing with him. And what did Jesus do? Oh, the devil's talking to the devil. Mr. John, would you help me? Oh, Prophet John, would you? No, no. He spoke back to him and he said what the word said. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, Mr. Devil, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And eventually he said, get that behind me, Satan. I had enough of this. Are you hearing me? Yeah, it is a devil, but there's a God. He said, you come against me, this is David speaking. With sword and spirit, I, I, I'll admit from a human point of view, I, I don't have a, tra- a, a, a chance here. But I come against you, not in my own strength, Goliath, but in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies. It's not the armies of Israel, it's the God of the armies of Israel. It's not Grace Church, it's the God of Grace Church. Are you hearing me? He said, this day he spoke back, not tomorrow, today. The Lord will deliver you. And this is a guy that's crying, Jesus will fix his slant and, and, and all that. But he still kept the word of God in his mouth. 
He kept advancing and moving forward. His fear didn't stop him. Really, courage is what we do when we feel afraid. He kept walking. He said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your what? Head. David's faith reaches a boiling point in the midst of crisis. It's one thing to get excited on Sunday where everyone in the room is rejoicing with you. But when you're dealing with your giant, when you're dealing with someone with a literal sword in their hand, who's twice your size coming at you in real life. And when your faith can, 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 can rise up to the occasion. In 2 Timothy 1 and 6, Timothy had a problem. Sometimes he got intimidated. We've talked about that in the past. And I'm encouraged by Timothy's life. Paul said this, don't run from them. Instead, fan into a flame the gift of God. So while Dave was running, he was crying maybe a little bit. And I know I'm a little bit of license here. And, and maybe, you know, a, a few times he, he, he might have stumbled, but he got up. He, he kept swinging. But, but all the way he was saying, in the name of Jesus, you hear me? I know Jesus, you know, not yet. But, but still, if he was one of us, in the name of Jesus, I will feed your head to the buzzards of the air. He was encouraging himself. You're going to be like the lion and the bear. He began to fan into a flame the fire that was in. Dave was on fire as he ran toward this Goliath. And what do you do in crisis? You don't turn from, from, from the heat. You, you just turn yourself up. Are you hearing? And, and you just thank, Lord, you could, if you've ever done anything, Lord, you could do this. This is the way David dealt with his Goliath. It's one thing, again, to get excited today. But what about when no one else is there but you and your giants? Can you fan into a flame the gift of God? Will you put the word of God into your mouth until you're excited, until you believe, until you know, until you keep running and you don't turn back? This is what happened. With young David. David, again, he's, he's fanning. This very day I will give the carcasses of this Philistine army to the birds and wild animals. And listen to his heart. And the whole world will know what's motivating David. Not his next level, but God. And God's glory and his honor. And the whole world will know that there is a God... In Israel, David wouldn't stop till the whole world knew. He knew as he ran toward Goliath, it wasn't about him as much as a battle between the devil and God. And there's no way the devil has a shot against the living God. Verse 47, all those gathered here, he repeats it again, will know. I want everyone to know that there is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is whose? The Lord's. And he will, he will give all of you into our hands. Again, till the whole world knows, to all gathered here knows. David was interested in God's glory and not his own. May you stop living for yourself. May your life and living be about a higher purpose than that. Lord, bring glory through me somehow, in some way. May people respect you more because of the life I lived in the earth. When your motivation shifts like that, you, you, people get saved. I mean, they, like fly, it just happens. But because, they, but because you're living the life and your motivations are right, you're seeking first the kingdom and all those other things will be added. 48, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly. He went from crying and Maybe spinning this thing. He ran. 
And you got to get your faith to the place you know that you know. That you're all in. You hear me? That if, if, if you were playing poker, you put everything. I know that's not a great example here. But, but you put everything. In, I'm all in. I'm putting everything on this hand. Here's my deed to my house and my car. Please, no one in this room do such a thing. Okay? But David was all in. And he ran at Goliath with complete abandon. He ran quickly toward the battle line to dance. No, to meet him. David didn't run from trouble. He ran towards trouble. The Bible said Jesus set his face like flint. He told his disciples, when I go to Jerusalem, they're going to kill me. But he set his face like flint, said he go. The disciples, they said, if you preach any more in this name, we're going to get you. They locked him up in jail the first time. And then, 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 then they get out and then they start preaching. And then the next time they beat him, they beat them. But what they keep, they don't kill me. I'm running toward the battle. I will continue to preach this gospel. Another place the disciples said to Saul, listen, don't go to Jerusalem because, you know, trouble and affliction stands in your way. And they bound him up and the prophet told him, you know, uh, the man that I bind these hands, this is what the, the Jews in Israel are going to do to you. And after that point, he was incarcerated for, 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 for many years, in and out of jail, if you will. Um, but, but, Dave, but David said, but, but, man, don't break my heart. I'm ready to, 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 to face lions, tigers, and bears. You know, I'm ready to face anything for the name. So he went to Jerusalem not talking about, well, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose. No, no, it was for the name. It was for the glory of God. And when you, when you, you step to that level, that all you do is for his glory. I mean, prayers that used to didn't get answered, get answered. A whole man, things you used to ask for, actually, you stop asking for it because it doesn't even matter anymore. And then God often just gives it to you at that point. But, 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 but hear me, this was all about the glory of the king. And, and with, with complete abandonment, David runs toward his, his giant, reaching into his bag. He couldn't grab a spear because that wasn't his bag. We all have our own bag, a thing we do, a place of anointing. One place of anointing for Ephraim, it's, it's on the, the, the piano singing, writing songs. That's not my place. Uh, you know, another place, someone else, it's, it's when you lift hands in worship, you just go to that place. Another, as you hear the, the word of God, it just takes you to that place. And we all have different bags to reach into. David reached into his bag and taking out a stone, not just, you know, imagining and, and hoping. He literally took out a stone. He physically, done what need, he physically did what needed to be done. The Bible said he slung it. And the force of God got behind that stone and directed it just to the right place. The, the only really, one of the few places of weaknesses on, on all of uh, 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 Goliath's body. I mean, uh, he, he does have on a helmet. So the odds are it either hit him right underneath the helmet, right up in there somewhere, or it hit his helmet so hard that uh, it, it knocked him out. But, but David, he took what he had. And he used what he had and he threw it into the battle and it struck the Philistine in, in, in the only place a rock really could have worked. Hit him on the ankles like, so what? But the only place hit him in even the chest that wouldn't, you know, if you've been hitting the chest, even though you have armors, it's not going to stop you. But the only place that it could have had impact, God knows how to use what he has operating in your life and leverage it to the greatest end. 
So don't fret if someone has, they have a sword, and man, they do it this way. Uh, This one has a spear, they do it that way. Use what God has given you, and you will succeed in your battles in life. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead, and the stone sunk into his forehead. Well, actually, this means that it must have been that part underneath the armor, because it went into the skin, and he fell what? face down on the ground. You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. Life of Influence isn't achieved overnight. It's, it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination, provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com.